0: Joseph Stanley here with Rooted27, a podcast ministry of Red House Baptist Church. And we have Shama Lord behind the camera, and he works uh, much of our production and directing. And we are glad that you are listening in today. Uh, for those of you who don't know, this is your first time listening. I know this is like our fifth or sixth episode, I believe. Uh, Rooted 2.7 is based on Colossians 2.7, which speaks of our lives becoming rooted and grounded in Christ so that we can build our lives upon Him. So our desire here is for your lives to become rooted in Jesus Christ so that you can flourish in Him, that you can live better lives as Christians as we desperately uh, do need Him in this day. We always need Jesus, actually. Uh, We especially need Him in the time that we're living in. Brother Jake is here to join us, and um, he's going to tell us a little bit about his ministry and his life, and then we're going to jump into a topic on uh, fighting against temptation. So we're looking forward to our discussion today. but welcome, and thank you for uh, hey. joining us yeah, today.
1: Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. You can uh, introduce yourself, Tell us a little bit about your ministry yeah. and who you are. Absolutely. So my name is Jake Hancock. I'm the Regional Campus Minister at Eastern Kentucky University. Uh, I've been serving there for for almost two years in March, and uh, I've got two awesome boys and uh, an amazing wife. Uh, My sons are uh, one and two. They'll be two and three in January. And so uh, from Paducah, Kentucky, uh, I moved to Richmond uh, just a few years ago. So uh, excited to be in Richmond.
0: Tell us a little bit about your uh, testimony. How, did you grow up in a Christian home, or weren't what, what yeah, introduced yeah. to Christianity? To.
1: Um, so my parents, uh, they they were uh, believers uh, when I was born, and uh, they raised me to fear God. Uh, they opened scriptures uh, at the breakfast table. Uh, often my my mom and dad would would we'd have Bible studies for breakfast, and uh, and so uh, it was a regular thing for us as uh, my brothers. I've got two other brothers, a twin brother and an older brother. Um, they would pray for us as we left for school. Uh, and So that. That cultural, uh, it wasn't cultural, Christianity Mm -hmm. was very present uh, in my upbringing. Uh, And so all throughout middle school, uh, high school, uh, I would have said that I was a Christian, uh, I, I knew the things of God. I, I knew about God, um, but when I when I went to college, there was a season of my life uh, that I actually I premeditated uh, even in high school that I wanted to experience the world. I wanted to know. Uh, okay, well, I've kind of been in this bubble uh, per se, and and uh, I want to know what's out there. So I, I went to the University of Kentucky, and uh, as soon as I got there, I joined Fraternity, uh, and it was. Uh, I sought the things of the world. Uh, you, you name it, anything that that, that promised pleasure, uh, I was seeking. And so um, I dabbled in that, I, I indulged in that for for a season. And I think at some point, uh, the Lord started convicting me through through multiple different people in my life, um, all all believers. And uh, I remember walking back from uh, my uh, from a party, uh, freshman year, and stopped outside uh, my dorm room and uh, and just. The sin of the, the weight of my sin came crashing down on me, and so uh, just wept under that tree, submitted my life to Jesus. So I don't know when I became a believer, if that was in kindergarten when I was, you know, young or middle school, high school, uh, but I know at that point in college, I'm, I want to follow Christ, mm-hmm. and, and I'm laying down everything for it. And you so came
0: to understanding um, you had to surrender your life yeah, to Him. Yeah. yeah, So
1: so that was a, a clarity moment for me, uh, and then the the fraternity that that was. Uh, Largely a joint for for uh, community and and for party, uh, really became a fraternity that that bolstered my faith. Uh, it was a mission field for several of, of my other brothers who were believers as well, and uh, and so that that was the uh, the catalyst uh, for for the call to ministry, and uh, and so. Uh, the Lord called me into ministry through college, uh, through leading Bible studies and, and ended up going through, through seminary at Southern and and with the MDiv. And, um, and then the Lord brought me to Richmond, Kentucky. So that's, that's the story in a, in a nutshell. That's
0: awesome. Tell us a little bit about your uh, ministry here at EKU and what you do there.
1: Yeah. So our our, our primary uh, vision statement is love, serve, and invest. Uh, we want to love the students that that are in our spheres. Uh, we want to invest in them through discipleship, uh, and we want to serve them. Right? We want to we want to be the hands and feet of Jesus on campus. Uh, we've got a very unique situation where. Um, our mission field is the campus, uh, where, where a church is, is much broader, where the campuses... How many have,
0: students do you have? Is there on campus? There's there's
1: 13,000, I wow. think, enrolled. Um, and of course, with COVID, we're, we're looking at a whole different ballpark. Yeah. But um, yeah, and, and of those 13,000, the statistics show that, that between five and 10% of those students are uh, actively walking with Jesus, or are in... Are plugged into a local church, or they're they're in a campus ministry, um, and hopefully, if they're in a campus ministry, they're being pushed into the local church. But uh, that's that's a, a startling number: uh, mm-hmm. five to ten percent of 13,000 uh, are only; those are the only people walking. Wow. So the rest of the campus is a mission field, and so. Um, that's what what I, I push our students to see is uh, that we've got a leadership team, but the, they're primarily missionaries to the campus, and so um, that's how uh, I want them to see themselves now and and forever. And so, how does love serve, invest, work itself out in the ministry? Uh, we we, we Kind of, it's a like mission statement off the vision statement by reaching, connecting, and discipling. And so we want to reach out to those students, um, and then we want to connect them to the local church. Uh, that's our primary goal. Uh, if if we have a, a a large ministry on campus, that doesn't mean a whole lot if they don't know the church, if they're not part of the bride of Christ. And so uh, my heart is is always going to be the local church. And then uh, of course in that that context of the local church, we're we're called to make disciples, and mm-hmm. so it's not a—you uh, can't be a Christian and, and not a disciple of Jesus. It's not like a, an add-on, and so we want to uh, to see students discipled within the lo- the local church. Uh, and so, so you wouldn't call your the ministry there a, a
0: church as a compliment to the church, more or less.
1: Yeah, we, yeah. yeah the, the church is the the is is the only thing that's eternal, right? Right. Like, uh, campus ministry; these students are going to graduate uh, in four years, five years, or whatever. And uh, what's next? They, they have to be a part of the local church to, to see how the gospel works itself out in, in a different context. And so uh, why not start freshman year of college? And, uh, and and hopefully the the end goal is that we make disciples who make disciples who make disciples. And so I'd love to see that multiplication uh, just be the, the forefront of our ministry.
0: It's awesome to think that uh, just right five miles down the road, however long it is, D K U, there's that open mission field there where that many thousands of students are that we don't really consider unless you're actually involved there on campus you don't realize okay we have a mission field right here in the little town of richmond you know you can be reaching a uh, a lot of people but uh a really interesting ministry you have there and we'll be praying for you that you'll continue to be successful in in doing Uh, that So appreciate that we need those prayers uh, that it will be blessed there uh to turn our topic a little bit i know we had talked a little bit earlier about talking about fighting temptation yeah uh that's uh especially during this year you know a lot of things have been cancelled. A lot of things have been social distance, but the devil doesn't social distance. Right. The devil doesn't yeah. take a break. People are still fighting against sin. People are still being tempted uh, to do wrong. And and honestly, when I was thinking about the subject of temptation, I often go back to the little cart the cartoons where they had the little devil on one shoulder and the angel <laughs> on the other shoulder. But I don't really think that's an accurate description of temptation. What what would your definition of being tempted be?
1: Yeah, that's a great question, and, and I, I think you're right. I think the the depiction of, of the devil made me do it. Uh, I think is a is a lame excuse uh, for our sin. Um, I think temptation. Uh, if I look at my own heart, if I look at Scripture, and I see what, how does this happen? Uh, first, it starts with a broken world. I mean, we we're we're in a fallen world uh, where where sin uh, is is all over the place. Uh, brokenness is everywhere, and and so um, I think when. If we look at temptation, it's, it's going to be a heart issue. Uh, our hearts are inclined uh, to seek the things of the flesh, to seek things that are that are pleasing, that that, that somehow promise uh, satisfaction. So we're we're constantly searching for those things. And I think temptations that that moment of of recognizing there could be something that could satisfy me that's not God, mm-hmm. uh, and and so. We know temptation is not sin in and of itself because we look at Scripture and, and in Hebrews uh, it says that Jesus was tempted in every way yet without sin. And so uh, we we do not have a, a high priest who is unable to sympathize. So we could be with tempted without yeah. sinning. Yeah. And so I think it's 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 important to define what is temptation and uh, and then there's a, a, a line that you can cross in that temptation. Uh, so you look at David and Bathsheba. Uh, all all throughout Scripture there's the our, our so-called heroes of the Bible really aren't heroes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus is the only hero, and so every every person that we see in Scripture falls into temptation, and they fall into sin. So there's an entering into temptation that I think uh, that we we wage war against. It's a battle.
0: So anyone can enter into temptation, whether you're a young Christian, an old Christian, whether you're 20 years old or 80 years old. Oh, absolutely! And it's for anyone. It's just what do you do about it when you're in that moment? Is yeah. is the key, and oftentimes I think people who've been in church for a long time, they think, you know, not saying they think they don't sin anymore, but they, we sometimes get a self-righteous attitude because we're doing right, we're living good, and you know, we think we're serving God, so there's, you know, there's no no temptation gonna come near me, I'm not gonna be tempted to sin, but sometimes we don't even recognize the sin that's in our heart. We don't take time to realize, Mm -hmm. okay, yeah, I am being tempted, I am being tempted to do that, which is wrong, because sometimes we view sin as such as, we see people doing something immoral, uh, a lie. We say yeah, that's a sin, but we don't recognize the, own, the sin that's in our own hearts. Uh, yeah,
1: yeah, and I, I, I think that's a, it's a really good point because um, I teach our students that. If, if you don't know your sin, uh, that's dangerous. Yeah. You We should be asking the Lord in our prayer time, in our quiet times, God, would you reveal to me uh, the sin in my heart? Because if, if we can't recognize and detect how our heart is engaging with the flesh, with the world, uh, with things that aren't God... Um, we're we're falling asleep. We're not we're not actively fighting. Uh, the Bible's really clear. Um, we can get into that later. But uh, as far as being dead to sin mm-hmm. and alive to Christ, there's a there's a, the death that 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 we died was not our death. It was Christ, uh, and the life that we have is not Christ, our life. Yeah. It's Christ. So it's all Jesus. Um, but I think if if there are believers out there that are like well i've I've walked I've walked with Jesus for forty years I just don't have that problem anymore um, I would be wary of of that thought i would I would ask okay if you've if you've Mortified or conquered, killed this sin. Uh, typically, another one's going to come, and whether that's self-righteousness or pride or, or or whatever. But I think it's it's our duty as believers to be asking God, reveal this to me. Not just so that we can kill sin. That's not the end goal. The end goal is to look like Jesus and to glorify, to glorify him, yeah. him. And so uh, you you can't look like Jesus if you're still pursuing self in a, in a manner. Uh, and so uh, we're constantly war- waging war against sin from from the moment that we become a believer. Until we're dead, uh, until we our our flesh passes, and so I think it's it is uh, for young believers, old believers, we we wage war because yeah, that
0: definitely like, go back to Jeremiah I uh, think seventeen says the heart is deceitful and desperately wicked, so mm-hmm. we can deceive ourselves. Yeah, but like you said, I think David prayed to God and I think it's Psalm one thirty nine, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. "Search me and know Search my thoughts, yeah. see if there be any wicked wicked way in me." So we ought to be coming before God and saying, you know, I might not be seeing it clearly right now, but God. Show it to me, yeah. and I think as we stay in tune with the Word of God, as well, we'll be constantly convicted, seeing areas of our own lives Yes. Uh, where we may be sinning, where we may be doing something wrong. That say, hey, that's not right. We need to, you know, change, and uh, be doing something different with our lives. Uh, sometimes, like a, going back to what I said about the devil earlier, we blame the devil a lot. I think sometimes we don't even have an accurate description of the devil because we look at him as just being this guy in a red suit with horn sticking out of his forehead and a pointy mm. tail carrying a pitchfork. But but if you look at the Bible, the devil appears uh, to be very uh, pleasing to the eyes when he approached Eve in the garden. He didn't come there like a big scary monster. Yeah. He came there being very crafty, very cunning. Uh, how do you think sometimes we're deceived by Satan and, and by the world because it looks so appealing?
1: Yeah, um, and I, I want to be clear. I, I think... We underestimate Satan. Uh, we do, uh, and it is we don't wage war against flesh and blood, right? Uh, mm-hmm. But against the principalities of, of the the spirit. And so, like, there's a, another uh, realm, if you will, that that's waging war. And so, I think fighting um, Satan, fighting fighting the temptation of the world, is important. Uh, it is. But uh, yeah. So continuing with that thought, uh, we we don't we underestimate him. I think we we think we're smarter than Satan. Uh, he is a lot smarter than us. He knows our tendencies. He knows uh, our pitfalls. The, the time of the day that we were more likely to to fall into sin. He knows all those things. Uh, he can see it, and uh, and so there there is uh, temptation from that side. Uh, but I think even more than than Satan uh, being our enemy, Satan's not our our, our biggest enemy. Um, Jake Hancock's We're my biggest, own, yeah. yeah, so so I am my own biggest enemy because my flesh is is waging war with the Spirit. And so um, you look at Paul uh, in, in Romans 6, he's, I, I do the things that I don't want to do and the things I do want to do, I don't. And so he's got this internal conflict with himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, he recognizes that his flesh is the thing that is is seeking out other things that, that aren't God, um, but that doesn't uh, negate or, or stop the fact that, that Satan is out there and he's 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 roaring uh, like a, a a lion, right? Seeking to devour us. And so we should be so aware of uh, of the things that he's he's attempting. Uh, and And again, it looks good. Uh, so uh, this, the temptations that we're seeing, in our life, uh, whether that be lust, uh, greed uh, for more money, or, or just a, a desire to be liked—all these things that we are seeking to satisfy uh, ourselves with—Satan knows those things. Uh, he's not. He would. He would be. I think Satan would would feel a victory if we um, simply thought we're doing good, we're hmm. morally good. I think he would be like, ah.
0: If we come to a place where we're saying, hey, we're okay yeah. where everything's good. But- so
1: I think that's, that would be his end goal, at least in America, uh, of, of if we can just be morally upright, good church-going, serving people, uh, I think he's happy with that. Uh, but I think he's he's destroyed when we say, okay, I, I'm dead to sin. Uh, it's not me who's who's fighting, but by the Spirit, I can fight sin. Uh, and he has no power over, over God. You uh, know,
0: growing up, I... Uh, I got saved, I guess you can say, when I was close to 16, I'm 23 now, I guess seven years ago, uh, I had an understanding that what sin was, always went to church, I knew what sin was, I knew, you know, Jesus came to die for our sins, I knew all those types of things, but I didn't have a clear understanding of how sin actually affects my relationship with the Lord, because I thought, you know, I'm going to church. I'm helping a church, I'm doing all the good things, so I'm good, I'm going to heaven. I'm not like those bad, immoral people my age, because yeah. I'm you know, living the right life. But it, the Lord revealed to me one day, hey, you're not really mm-hmm. a Christian, you're trusting in your own righteousness, your own self, and that's not getting you to heaven. That's, you don't have no relationship with the Lord, and then I had an right. actual understanding of the gospel saying, hey, I'm an actual sinner i I need salvation just like all those other sinners that I point out. That's yeah. so bad, you know. I'm I'm in their same condition. I'm in need of a savior just like anyone else. Just because I went to church all my life, just because I've helped out in church, that doesn't really account for much at all. But uh, we we know the problems there of temptation. Getting back to what I was talking about, and we know that that sin is present in our lives. We know if even the Apostle Paul fought against sin and, and waged this war on the inner man. We're going to be doing the same thing. So what are some ways you think that we can help combat that? We can help mm. fight against temptation? Because in that moment, it's hard not to fall. Yeah. What are some ways that we, in the moment we're being tempted to do whatever sin someone may be listening, may be struggling with? And we all have different, I think, sinful um Things that we're drawn yeah, to. Yeah, we're not all the same in that way. Someone may be drawn to lust or immor- immorality. Someone may be drawn to greed or someone may be drawn to pride. What are some ways that we can, in that moment, we can fight?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Um so I think before we answer that question fully, uh, we need to see how sin works um, and how we treat it, because if, if we, so here's, here's an analogy that I've, I've used, and I read this in an article, so it's not mine, but um, we, we treat sin like a pet. And so imagine that you've got this, this pet, and he's, he's, in, he's in a cage, you put the cage in your room, and every night uh, you come home and you take your pet out, uh, you feed it, you water it, you play with it, you enjoy it. And, and then you put this, the, the pet back in the cage and then you go about living your life like, okay, everything's normal. You come back home the next day and you, you take the pet out, you feed it, you water it, you play with it. And the, uh, you do this over and over and over and years go by. And then all of a sudden your, your pet that you thought was a little cat, uh, to begin with, you've you fed it so many years. It's not a cat anymore it's it's a lion about to eat you. That's good and I think as we see our sin, it, there's no small sin. like sin is an offense against a holy God. And so, when we recognize um, that that even small sin is what separates us, or small sin Mm -hmm. can separate us from from God for eternity, uh, then it's a big sin. And so, uh, I think if we can understand how sin works and how we do desire it, uh, even in as new creations, there's still a part of our flesh, right, that that still desires it. And so, uh, that's where fighting comes into play, uh, and and as we fight, it's will uh, um, look at, at three three pieces or three verses in, in Scripture, um, Colossians chapter three, uh, verse three through five. It says, "For you have died; your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs uh, to your earthly nature." Sexual morality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. And so there's this. Uh, that's that's one example. There's there's two others that I'll, I'll mention. But um, the Bible's really clear. Uh, it, it says you have died. Okay, so there's a, uh, not not our death, but Christ's death. So we have died with Christ. Uh, we have raised with him, it calls us a new creation, right? And so we're, we're no longer, we have a different identity. So that's true. So we know that going into fighting sin is, Christ is giving me a new identity. It's not mine. It's His. It's like uh, Galatians two
0: twenty, I am crucified with Christ. There's no one. Yeah. I
1: live. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And and, and so uh, we had, we recognize, okay, God, you've you've given me your Spirit. You've given me every uh, ammunition, every arsenal to to fight sin. Okay, so then we recognize who we are in Christ, our identity. But it says uh, Paul saying, put to death. So there's an action. Uh, we don't just recognize our new identity and then we go. Back to sleep. Um, that just shows us that we haven't really died to Christ. If, mm-hmm. if we're not fighting sin, it's not. It's just revealing that our identity is still <laughs> ourselves. Uh, but if 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 we are following what Scripture says, um, we we recognize our identity. And it says, put to death therefore whatever belongs to your earthly nature. And I think it's interesting that He points out f- the first four are, are very. Um, I mean, sexual morality, impurity, lust, evil desire. So it's it's a, a luring of sin uh, in, in in our lives. Mm-hmm. And so, um, practically, I think this is where we 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 get to the nuts and bolts. Um, recognize where when sin takes place in your heart. Uh, if if it's late at night on a computer screen. Take your computer, put it put it somewhere else, put a blocker on it, or just throw it away. Uh, if it's your phone that's causing you to compare yourself to others on social media, delete social media. It's not worth it. The, Jesus says, if if your right hand causes you to sin, cut, cut it off. off. If yeah. your if your eye causes you to sin, gouge it out. This is like a vicious, violent act against ourselves. Uh, we need to be. Christianity is a, is a violent. Religion, and it's not violent against others; it's violent against our flesh, and so um, we we take drastic measures. So, if we realize how harmful
0: sin is to our own lives, we ought to realize, hey, this needs to go, no matter what the cost is. Absolutely, it should not be holding on to us uh, any longer. Yes. Like Jesus said, the drastic measures: cut your arm off, pluck your eye yeah. out. And while I don't. No, if he was literally meaning to cut your arm, and pluck your eye out. No. It's just the drastic measures yeah. you should take. Like you said, if it's, if it's turning your phone off, deleting social media, if it's don't going to a certain area, or if it's not allowing your mind even to go to a certain place and distracting yourself, there's a lot of ways. I even think of, uh, I think it was John Piper I was reading, saying a lot of people are tempted, but if they would just go outside and enjoy the creation, if they would just behold all that God has created, mm. they would let their mind wander away from that tempting thought, and they would then begin to look at God and say, okay, look at all the God I serve. He created all that I look around and see and see.
1: Yeah, and, and you, you made a good point. Um, we're, we will be disciplined if we know what's at stake. Mm-hmm. Um, so think of, think of this. What if you went to the doctor and the doctor said, hey, you've got a heart condition. If you don't run every day, you're going to die in a year if you if you or let's say a month if you don't run every single day you're going to die in a month because you have this heart condition well what are you going to do in the morning you're going to wake up, you're going to get on the treadmill, right. right? You're going to run because the stake is so high. We don't see the stakes as very high. We're like, well, I can just live my Christian life and, and enjoy sin. I, I got the, the card to heaven, so whatever. Um, that's not what Scripture is saying. Uh, mm-hmm. Scripture is saying there's a fight. And if if we're fighting, it's evidence that we have a new identity in Christ. And so uh, we fight the good fight. And um, yeah, Romans 6, 2, or actually we'll look at 1 uh, Corinthians. At Corinthians 5, um, verse 6 through 7. says, your boasting is not good. <laughs> Don't you know that a little yeast works through the whole batch of dough? Get rid of the whole yeast that you may be a new batch without yeast as you really are. And so Paul, again, he's saying the same thing. Uh, you are a new batch of dough. So get rid of the old. And so we recognize our our new identity, and then there's still action that shows us our identity in Christ.
0: Mm-hmm. I think back uh, when I first started attending here at Red House, Pastor Darren preached this series on Wednesday nights, or taught like a series through the book of Ephesians. And the first lesson was on becoming from going from being a sinner to a saint is what Ephesians is emphasizing. Mm. And it's how you view yourself. He said, you know, if you view yourself wearing a tuxedo, a white tuxedo, and you're dealing with gas or eating spaghetti, you're going to be really careful yeah, not to stain right. your suit. But if you all you view yourself as just a, wearing filthy rags all the time, then you're not going to care anymore. You're like, well, you know, I'm just, I'm just a worthless sinner. It don't really matter. But if you realize you're standing in your position in Christ, say, I'm a sinner saved by grace, mm-hmm. uh, Christ has put his righteousness, imputed it. To me, uh, I now stand in him, His yes. righteousness. I'm pure. I'm whole in Him and have been justified You know, set, and then sanctified, set apart for a holy purpose. If we realize that in our minds, then it would change our perspective. When we go to sin, we're going to say, hey, I want to live my life mm. right. I don't want to get that spaghetti sauce on me. I don't want to get that sin on me. Because I'm pure in Christ and, yeah. and I want to live for Him.
1: Yeah, and I I think Jesus wants us to live like that. He yeah. doesn't want us to to not understand our position. He he desires us to know. He I mean, he calls us children of the Most High. Like we're a holy priesthood. We're we are new creations. We're set free. Like our identity should be at the forefront of our minds because we see eternity. Uh, and and there an eternity. If, if it's uh, I can't remember the the Puritan that said it, but but Stant. Eternity on my eyeballs, like mm-hmm. if we 're constantly looking around as if uh this life, whether it be ten more years, forty more years, or however long we 're going to live, um, what if we live every moment with with eternity in mind that we 're going to then live for an eternity like we don 't have the that concept, but with well, uh, a very
0: very temporal mindset, all yeah. we see is the tomorrow, the next day, what our future plans is, and we yeah. don 't realize. That's just a small – our life here is just a small portion in light of uh, eternity. How do you think we can use the Bible uh, in the moment of temptation? Like, how how can we bring that into play? How can can we draw from Scripture? Because I know Jesus, when he dealt with Satan, he quoted Scripture to him.
1: Yeah, and I think that's our primary – uh, our, this is the sword, right? This yeah. is this is our weapon. We we can't fight sin without the Word of God and without the Holy Spirit. Uh, we we can't do it in and of ourselves. And so uh, the Word says, I, "I hide your Word in my heart, that I might not sin against you." And so Scripture memory is is really important. Uh, we should be memorizing Scripture not so that we can bolster our self righteousness and be like, "I know, you know, the Book of Romans by memory." No, it's it's so that. Purpose clause, I might not sin against you, mm-hmm. uh, and so th- you know these moments where you're in you're in temptation, and all of a sudden, the, a verse that you memorized at VBS comes flooding into your mind. You're like, I don't know why I know this, but that's it's helping me uh, resist temptation and fight the sin, and then celebrate freedom. Uh, and so I think the Bible uh, is our primary means of fighting, and through the Spirit can we only do that?
0: So we can't do it of ourselves. It's impossible. Absol- for, yeah. we, we do it alone say, I'm just going to handle this, because yeah. we'll never take care of it. We'll keep saying, yeah, I'm going to deal
1: with this. I'm going to get rid of it. Yeah, But really, we, ne- we I, won't. We've probably both been there. We're yeah. like, all right, this is the last time, Lord. It's not going to happen again, and you're just you're trusting yourself with it. And then the next day, you commit the same sin, and you're like, why can't I do this? And the point is, you can't. How does uh, confession play a role in this? Yeah. I think that's one is, it's acknowledging the fact. Um, that Jesus has paid for this sin, uh, and when we confess, um, we're, we're recognizing uh, that I am a sinner. Uh, we're recognizing that, that without Jesus Christ, uh, I have no hope. Uh, it is only by His blood, His, His life, His perfect life, His, His death that I deserved and His resurrection that I can even confess to the Lord and, and be heard and, and forgiven. Uh, and so it's the gospel. Uh, so I think when we confess our sin, we're, one we we recognize it's for us too uh, to see. Okay, there I'm, I'm bringing my sin to mind and, and confession.
0: It's almost being honest before God. It's not like trying to yes. hide anything anymore. It's yeah. like this is real. This is a problem I have. Yeah, I need to deal with it. And the only way we can deal with it is we have to go to God because we can't go pay for our own sins. We can't go forgive ourselves. Right. We need that relationship with God. And yeah. even as Christians, I'm not saying God's not going to turn us away. We're not going to, he's not going to rip salvation away from us say, oh, no. you're not a Christian yeah. anymore. Because I think it makes that very clear in Scripture. You have eternal life, Absolutely. secure. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. The Bible makes it very clear that God's not going to rip salvation from us. But I do think as we continue to sin and live a life that's displeasing to Him, it can't hurt our relationship with Him. Not that He's moving away from us, but that we're moving ourselves yeah, away agree. from Him. Yeah, I agree. And uh, to me, me, confession is us agreeing with God, us telling God, yeah, "Yeah, I have a problem and I want that relationship restored. Like David prayed in uh, Psalm 51, you know, he asked for mercy, asked for restoration, a clean heart. Yeah. Because he still had a relationship with God. It was just severely broken due to his Mm -hmm. sin. And uh, I think sin, but also we go back to the part of temptation. The temptation isn't necessarily a sin, but when we're struggling with it, we can go to God and say, in prayer, and say, God, I'm. Tempted. We, yeah. Oftentimes, though, when we have sinful thoughts, the last thing we want to do is think about God. The last thing we want to do is think about Christianity. We're like, you know, that, that don't deserve, and, you know, we shouldn't have those two things in the same mm-hmm. mind. But that's the, the first place we should go is in prayer God, I'm tempted. Help yeah. me. And I yeah. think God will help us. You know, He'll provide His Holy Spirit to comfort, convict, and help.
1: And I, I think that's a, a good sign of am I being sanctified in the Spirit is is in that moment where you maybe you do fall into sin. How soon are you looking for repentance? Uh, if you're still running from God, like you said, God's chasing us down. We're the ones running away from Him. Uh, he desires our hearts. But it's in that moment of temptation or falling into sin, what's the, the time frame between that moment and then running to the cross and asking for forgiveness? Because I think that shows a, a, a maturity of recognizing my sin. I see my sin for for the atrocity that it is, but I also see God's holiness for the incredible majesty that it is, and that magnifies Jesus. As we see our sin, as we see God's holiness, we know we're saved from much, and it's only by Jesus. Uh, So... When we confess our sin, uh, we are agreeing with God. He knows it already. Yeah. You know, like if we think we're hiding it from God, uh, we're fooling ourselves. Like He's He created us. He knows every every thought we've ever had. He knows our. I guess than we that desire ourselves. to hide
0: goes always back to Adam and Eve. Yeah, Dude, everyone's <laughs> yeah. always trying to hide from God, as if God doesn't already know. And God kind of asked Adam and Eve. Just in a, a sarcastic way, yeah. you know, like he was looking for them. Like, where are you at? Where are you at? Yeah. And he knew where they were. Right. It's just to see their response. And then they yeah. were kind of, That's you right. know, playing the blame game of who caused yeah. who to sin, which is our seem natural depraved response. Yeah. To any time we're accused of something, we're like, oh no, it was his fault. You right. know, instead we should be open and honest about who we are yeah. and, and our sinfulness. Is there any closing thoughts you have on fighting temptation on this subject?
1: Yeah, and you said something earlier that, that struck me. Um I think when we when we trade um, holiness for sin, when we say, okay, I know the life that I could live uh, could be uh, pleasing to God, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trade that for myself, uh, what we're doing, and I think this is so important that we need to recognize, is that we are stealing the joy uh, of our salvation. Mm-hmm. We are letting the world rob us of joy. And I think every person knows this. Uh, if you're in addiction, if you're in uh, a, a pornography addiction or a greed addiction or gambling or whatever uh, sin that's, that's struck you, you know that there's no joy there. You know that. And so I think recognizing uh, C.S. Lewis, uh, I, I'm going to get the quote terrible, but uh, he says you're you're settling for for mud pies when you could be having a, a holiday on the sea. Uh, this idea of like we 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 will re- we would rather have uh, the three day old McDonald's French fries than the the roast Chris uh, uh, sirloin mm-hmm. steak, right? We're we're tr- we're seeing something just awful, and we're like, oh, that looks so good, and there's a steak right there waiting for us to eat. And so every time we choose sin. We're settling for less. It promises more. But it's not, and it always shows us that it's not. Every time we, we, we run to God and we embrace Him, uh, we should celebrate, like, Lord, thank you for, for making me uh, recognize and, and, and not fall into temptation, but to run to you. And I think, so I, I would leave us with, let's celebrate the victories that we have in Christ uh, when we flee from sin through the Spirit and, and embrace Jesus. Uh, and let's uh, recognize that the moments that we do fall, let's run to Jesus soon, uh, rather than later.
0: We appreciate you being on today and, and sharing with us uh, on temptation because I think it is something that everyone deals with. And we always ask, you know, how can we overcome this? How can we help fight this? And I think you gave us some good uh, advice for any Christian of how we can combat temptation, how we can stand when we are tempted so that we don't fall, that we don't fall into sin. Because once we do fall into sin, we can, it's a, it seems like a downward spiral. Where we keep falling more and more. Uh, instead, we should return to God Amen. and realize the joy and the peace that we can have yeah. in him and realize that sin and Satan and all of those things are the enemy of our soul. And when we're sinning, we're, we're going to the enemy's side. And mm. that's, that's definitely not what we need to be yeah. when you realize that Jesus is victorious and right. what he did for us on the cross. And he died for those sins so that we could be free. Amen. That the death could be uh, destroyed, that sin could be destroyed, and we could live in victory. And we hope that you listening, uh, if you decide to listen today to now, that you would experience victory in your own life and that you would learn how to uh, stand in the hour of temptation and not fall, that you would uh, learn to look to God, look to His Word, and seek Him in prayer and ask Him for help. Uh, with whatever struggle you may be facing in your life right now. Uh, We do thank you for listening today, and uh, you can connect with us on our website, redhousebc.com, and we are on uh, social media platforms as well. If you ever have any questions for us, you can go to our Facebook page and ask it there, and we'd be happy to answer it. And uh, we thank you again, Jake, for joining us. Thanks
1: for having me. Appreciate it. Thanks again for watching. You can connect with us via our website at redhousebc.com or connect with us on social media by searching for Rooted27 or you can also subscribe by searching D House Media RHBC on YouTube. Subscribe now.